0: Welcome to the Youthscape Podcast, the podcast for Christians who work with young people. Hi, and welcome back to the youthscape podcast with me rachel gardner and my friend in a similarly high backed chair martin saunders martin how are you doing in this I'm, fine sunny morning i'm well
1: thank you i'm, I'm standing very straight no you're, no i'm sitting you're up sitting straight. very straight
0: yeah. posture Th- that's kind of shown how old we are we're doing a podcast about youth ministry and we start by talking about back posture well
1: let's not start there <laughs> let's start by talking about your coat
0: oh okay
1: okay so let me. Me just describe this for you let me draw a, a beautiful mental picture for you so this is a full length like a trench coat mm-hmm. um and to picture a trench coat then throw out that mental image that you have because this is faux leather yeah and then it is the most extraordinary level of green
0: very lime it is slimy.
1: it is lime blimey
0: slimy. limey it's a lime green trench, fake trench leather coat. I
1: mean, like, obviously you're wearing that. Like, it <laughs> doesn't everyone have a fake leather lime trench coat in their wardrobe?
0: And in case anyone is not fed up enough with the fact that you're objectifying what I'm wearing, I was going to wear also... Very pointy silver with a massive bow shoes, and just felt that was a little bit of a step too far. She said I was
1: objectifying what you're wearing. Well,
0: I don't know. I don't know. What, like, we, we kind of say that we shouldn't really like lead on. So, Martin, what are you wearing? Oh, yes, boring blue jeans and a blue top again. Yeah. So, well, I just feel that I owe it to our listeners. Are you feeling got it? <laughs> No, I just, I love it. But I feel some people might feel got out on my behalf.
1: It is an extraordinary jacket. I love it. For an extraordinary person.
0: Can I just make a comment about it though? I wore it, so I live in Blackburn, as you all well know. And I wear it around Blackburn and nobody nobody at all batters an eyelid I mean they slightly look at me like what are you wearing but no one batters an eyelid I came down on the train to London a little while ago a few weeks ago and honestly Martin the amount of love I received from strangers I got a free coffee from Patisserie Valerie this beautiful other coffee woman, shops are available yeah who said I love your coat of a free coffee from complete strangers I mean I had so much love and I so I didn't take it off all day in fact I wrapped myself in it in a slightly dodgy way and was so so hot for the entire day, but I just, I was getting so much love and affection from Londoners. Came back to Blackburn, nobody cared. Nobody cared.
1: Did you say nobody in Blackburn battered an eyelid?
0: I don't know what they Is do. That Bat- a- Batter?
1: Is that just the northerners? They batter Flatter? everything, don't they? Batter <laughs> Mars bars and our, scotch eggs. Our
0: local fish and chip shop batters pizza. Yep.
1: And so they also batter eyelids, which is actually, when you think about it, a terrifying mental picture to go with the lime
0: trench coat. The lime trench coat. Anyway, enough of that. We're here to talk serious business about youth ministry and about how to have some big conversations. And um, I, um, years and years ago, I said to you, Martin, I would love this amazing, fabulous person to come and work at Youthscape because I think they're utterly fabulous and have some brilliant stuff to say about culture and young people. And no longer do they work at Youthscape, sob, 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 but is doing a phenomenal, phenomenal job as a youth pastor in a local church and has grown the youth ministry from I think two young people to about 30 young people. Are we doing
1: numbers on the Youthscape podcast? Well
0: I think we should because I think we all understand in this day and age how incredibly tough and challenging it is Um, and so I'm so excited and I will get your surname right, the most wonderful, fabulous Lana Pottle. Hello. You are so welcome Lana joining us
2: on Squadcast. Thank you so much. Oh, it's so good to be here. But we need
0: to tell everybody that that actually we did not know this, but you currently have the double whammy of COVID and a wisdom tooth coming through. So I just yeah. think you are extraordinary. All of our love, all of our listener love is coming oh, in your direction ahead you. of this. How are you feeling?
2: I'm okay. Do you know what? I've had like, you know, two vaccines and a booster, so I think I could probably be worse, but... Um, yeah, it's not fun. And you know what's less fun than having COVID? It's just being stuck in a flat on your own yeah, for like um, however long it takes. That's the bit that's a little bit rubbish. But um, thanks for having me. It's nice. It's nice to see people, even if digitally.
1: This is like um, this is like a COVID thing. Yes. It's like we've, we wanted to pop around and see you, but we can't because you've got COVID. So we're doing it on over the internet.
0: So in the old days, we'd shout through the letterbox, but now we're doing it over the internet. <laughs> Isn't and, great? And Lana has brilliantly done what I do, which is like, you know, you put some deodorant on or you put some perfume on when you're about to do a, like a squad cast or a Zoom. Do men do that? Oh,
2: do do 100%. That?
0: I do that all
2: the time.
1: I don't even wear trousers on Zoom.
2: <laughs> Quick, stand up. Show her that you are wearing trousers. I've got the, I've got the full like tracksuit on though. So I've got like the pajama bottom, yes, the bottom comfort. half, and then the... I mean I don't do smart clothing so I was going to say I've got a smart top
0: but it's really you, smart you do you do active uniform active uniform I love it mm-hmm. ready for the day so in, thank you so much Lana in the light of all of that for joining us today and I'm sorry that you've got to look Always. at Martin in my face as part of your recovery <laughs> but I'm hoping this green coat might add to the sunshine for your day um, absolutely we're this season we're thinking about these big conversations with young people how to have mm. these big conversations and tell us a little bit just before we get stuck into our topic for today what, what is youth ministry looking like for you in in your church
2: setting oh gosh um I will make this brief because I feel like it's the sort of thing I could talk about for hours um it's been a whirlwind like um I want to caveat before I share what's happening at my youth ministry at the moment with that I don't know. I don't even know what to caveat out with that. I think I always want to go in like apologizing before I start speaking because it can sound like bragging and it's never meant to. Like I'm so unbelievably aware that like any good thing that is happening is like the work of God. And I don't say that to be a good Christian. I say it because mm. I have to remind myself that it's not on me. <clears throat> like I know that I'm skilled. I know that I'm doing a good job, but I also know that like, None of this stuff really is like me. Um, So with that caveat, um, things are going extraordinarily well. Um, As you say, I started the job with, I want to say like three young people, maybe. I remember in the, I started the job in September. I remember in the September that I started the job, I set up the room. I would set up the room every Sunday evening. And there was one evening when no young people turned up. (laughs) And so I set the room up waited like 20 minutes, sat on reception, like ready to welcome young people in and then had to pack the room down oh. and go home. Oh.
1: Um, I remember you, Lana, you, you, cause you and I communicate with each other um, through the entirely yeah. millennial uh, method of the voice note. <laughs> voice so notes. we never speak to each other, but we do hear <laughs> each voices other's voices <laughs> often. And I remember yes. I remember distinctly you sending me a, um, a voice note where you were trying very hard not to cry. Oh where you said, I've set up the Bibles and I know it's not about me and I've just put them all away again. And I mean, I don't know why I'm doing that voice. Uh, That's very me. That's your voice. (laughs) It's a a dead on. Um, But, you know, you were were right on the edge of your emotions, weren't you? And I think that just before we get onto the success, it's just worth saying you had to push through faithfully setting up an empty room several times and the pain of like no young people being interested in coming to what you were doing.
2: For sure. And I think that's really important because I don't think I'm working any harder. I don't think I'm doing anything different than I was doing. And that's why it's not a self-deprecating thing to say it's not about me. What I mean is, yeah, I'm putting in effort, but I was putting in effort when I had no young people. That's brilliant. And um, yeah, and so uh, six months into the job, we hit the pandemic. (laughs) Um, So then all of the work that I had grown disintegrated um, and then... I don't know what happened other than that I think something for a lot of young people clicked or switched over the pandemic and they were yearning for community um and family and um yeah and it's just blown up and so we now have about 45 young people that we're regularly working with um we have a small we have a small group bearing in mind I will say that at least half no more than half the young people that I'm working with don't have any church background um they have no connection to Christianity as a faith. We have nineteen young people signed up. You have to specifically sign up to small group. It's not mm-hmm. just like a chill out. They've signed up to small group, and it is like the youth event that we run that is specifically about learning about God. Mm-hmm. And every week, I'm like, why are they here? <laughs> like, I know I shouldn't be cynical, but I am. I'm like, why? Like, we have young people who are Jewish just coming along because they like it, and it's 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 just mind blowing in lots of ways. So, um. Yeah so I I'm very very thankful to be where I'm at. Um it's been a long journey and um, but it's incredible to you always hear I always heard these stories. It was never my story. I always mm. heard these stories. You know you'd get speakers in from northern Ireland or from some other place where they're doing amazing things and it is inspiring to hear because it reminds you that things can be different but it was never my story and I've done youth work for like 10 years and to be in a place where that is happening and Mm. I get to experience it is really surreal, really surreal.
0: I love it. I um, love it that you said you were not working any less hard when no one was turning up and i and no. i think that's so great because you you're you're showing kind of that thinking that we all do which is yeah i know, I know you're saying that you you're just working hard but what is the ticket what is it like the silver bullet what is the thing and i think actually hear <laughs> you speak you're like well i don't know what the thing is but maybe consistency maybe just yeah. being there regularly yeah. maybe just turning up when i say that i will Actually, when it's the right time for a young person to engage, then they know that, that you'll be there. And I think that's, that's such a beautiful thing. So take listener, if that is you, just take that to heart. Just mm-hmm. consistently serve, be faithful, keep doing what you're doing. Um, if you have a hunch that actually this, this will grow in, in time. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Lana.
1: Amazing. Amazing. No, no, no. I'm so glad Rachel said that because I was about to ask you what the, you thought the magic bullet was. So uh, yeah. that's me turning everything into a product. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> So, Lana, our conversation today is going to be around um, uh, screens and uh, a little bit, maybe, around social media as well, and how we help young people to have healthy relationships with their devices. With uh, and, and I go. That's not just smartphones. That's also TVs, computers, game systems, things like that as well. Um, and I think it would be great as well if we touch a little bit on how that looks for us. Um, and we'll just open just a confession, none of us have got this sorted, right? Like one of the reasons talking to you, Lana, (laughs) is because you know about it, not because you have it all down.
2: Thank you. Yeah. I I was gonna do another caveat if not to be (laughs) like, I have not got this at all, but I'm happy to chat and share. (laughs) So
1: um so let's, you know, this is it's a massive issue because um young people do spend so much of their time now you know, th- living through their phone in some way because we've made life easier by using phones because we put so much of the communication on, on our phones, um, you know, everything's on demand, everything's streamed. It's all coming through digital platforms. It's all coming through screens and, and, and earphones really now. Um, so it's actually just as a first point, it's quite a difficult conversation to even have, isn't it? Because it is akin to saying to young people, we'd like you to limit how much you use your right arm.
2: Yeah, I I don't, I will say I don't think it is to that extreme. I think sometimes, unpopular opinion, I think sometimes we think that young people are more dependent on their tech than they actually are. Mm. But I am with you that it is no small feat. Like, So much of how we... And as adults, like, I leave the house without my purse because I have Apple Pay. Like, so much of how we navigate is relying on that phone and take it away. And you have to... It's not just take it away and can you, like, live. It's take it away and you have to figure out other solutions to to things. So, Mm. yeah.
1: And you you actually... Have you ever seen a young person's... Have you ever seen a young person break their phone? It's traumatic. Yeah. They they are more upset about that Mm -hmm. than almost the, the cracked the properly cracked screen on a nice iPhone 11 or something I don't know what your young people have got um but it is it, it's, it's it's brutal you have to yeah, that yeah. you need a special kind of counseling kind of yeah. area just for when that happens
2: yeah and, and, and yet they're so reckless with their yeah <laughs> couple of hundred pounds in their hand and then they're like throwing it around yeah and they get so upset when it smashes and i think it's it's good to have that that sense of of
0: humor with young people about it and i and i like that lana that you pushed back a little bit and said i don't think young people are as dependent as we think they are but i think there's some beautiful work that you have to do during adolescence which is work out your social language work out your social identity work out and and the the teenage brain is wired for trends and friends isn't it and nothing kind of connects you to your friends and to the latest trends uh, that curiosity of your brain than all the stuff that's happening in terms of digital tech so i think i was thinking when you said it's like saying don't use your right arm i think it's it's more like saying don't don't be you don't don't connect. Don't. And I'm not I'm not sure that's quite a, a, as nice an image as don't use your right arm. But it feels like you're saying that those friendships you want to develop, that kind of connection with the world that you want to have, that curiosity that you have. Stop all of that. And I and I love you saying, Lana, about maybe we need to think about something alternative that is as powerful rather than just. Don't do that. But I've jumped the gun a little bit, haven't I? So let's go back a little way. And sorry, it's it's the coat. I'm hot. I'm gonna turn the coat off. But we've jumped the gun a little bit and we're going to solutions. I wonder if we back up a little bit and kind of ask ourselves those questions, Lana. What how are young people using technology? How is it? What what role is it playing in their lives and how is it fueling conversations that they're having? What are you seeing?
2: Gosh, I think um. I want to ask, like, how is it not? Like, how are they not using it? How is it not impacting them? Like, I found out recently, and I get, well, I say recently, like, you know, a year ago or something, but that all schools now across the board, I should know this, I'm a governor at a secondary school, I should know this, but all schools pretty much across the board now do, like, digital portals for homework. So they upload their homework on their phones. Like, like, it's literally everything. So I think the main things I'm seeing is obviously we know TikTok is huge um, and not just watch videos like but creating the videos I think the younger generation the young people that we're working with definitely feel more confident and more competent just uploading content like even if it's rubbish even if it's a bit like weird um, where I would never Mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) like upload a TikTok but they're like happy to Um, We see a lot of connecting through video games as well. Like that's huge, especially I think with boys. I think there is still a slight gender split. Obviously, you know, it's not as simple as the binary, but I think there is a a gender split there roughly with boys doing more kind of like video gaming, fortnighting, um, kind of chatting. And then you've got the girls a bit more on Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat. I think but then like you say then it's just practical things day to day like homework like google maps like using bus apps to get to school like it's just yeah it's using it for for so many things i need to put out there that i think so much of technology is amazing Mm. like it's incredible the the access it gives young people the tools it gives us the you know it's incredible it's incredible. And I try and remember back to I remember when I was in primary school, I know that this is like gonna give the age bracket that I'm in. When we had like school projects, I would have to get encyclopedia Britannica, CD-ROM, put it into a computer. It was like Wikipedia before Wikipedia. And that was how we did like school projects or you had to obviously just get an encyclopedia. And I just think like the, the resources they have today, is amazing. Um but obviously it isn't as simple as that. Like mm. we wouldn't be having this conversation if it was as simple as that. And anyone that is around young people whether you're a parent or a carer or a youth worker or a teacher like you see the negative impact it has um on young people um and that is a conversation we have to have because of how prevalent mm. social media and digital technology is in their lives. Like if it was a small thing, yeah, you know, we could push it to the back of the queue of things we need to sort out. But because it is just so upfront and center in the lives of young people, and it impacts every area of their life, we have to do something. Like we can't just, and I, we can't just do what I think we've done, which is leave it to them. I think. Yeah. For a long time, we've left it to young people to sort out and I think that's the problem. Yeah,
0: um, while, and as you can... say, while at the same time increasing their reliance on tech for even things like the, the, the homework portals yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And there, there yeah. is a difference. There's a difference between social media platforms and homework portals. But as you say, same screen time, same kind of process. So um, one of the big things that when I chat to church leaders, and I know some of the research we've done at youscape when we talk to churches about, you know, why, why are churches struggling to engage young people? Invariably, what comes back is a moan, a complaint, against well young people on their phones aren't they and it's kind of now taken I think in many parts of church uncritically as a kind of well let's blame young people they're on the phone so therefore they don't want to engage in anything in person no story based stuff they just want to be on their phone and that's it that negativity but there are some genuine challenges there are some genuine impacts that are concerning so we're not going to say well it's just because they're on their phones that's the, the the source of all ills but Lana help us sort of unpack a little bit what would you say are some of the key things that you're noticing the kind of the exchange what are young people losing out on or how is it changing how they're engaging with their world and their identity because they are operating mostly in these platforms now
2: something that we don't maybe identify as much is that like it isn't just that the technology has changed it is that socially things have changed like I don't know if I'm going to be able to articulate this very well, but I feel like there is a social expectation that has changed. And so, for example, if I was to say to a young person, like, put your phone away, that's rude. It's not to them. And I'm like, oh, would you sit there on your phone in front of somebody talking to you? And they're like, yeah. And so just taking our understandings of social etiquette and expecting them on each other doesn't work like what you have to do is explain that you have to say like oh I'm super aware that this might not feel rude to you but actually like when you sit on a phone in front of somebody else that like that's perceived as rude because it gives off the understanding that you're not paying attention they're like oh but I am and I'm like I know you might be but actually like we need to be able to exchange and understand each other's like social rules because I I don't think it's as simple as they're just being rude because I have seen it they will have they will be on their phones multitasking to the max Mm. and still giving each other the time of day and maybe to us that is rude but I think we can't just put our social understanding and expectation on them mm-hmm. um, it is about being able to communicate that
0: um, and, and go think, to I any restaurant that's... on cafe and most adults are sat there doom scrolling yeah. yeah. and so you're absolutely right lana this isn't this is widespread like all of us i, I mean I, the question i was to ask both of you maybe later on but is it actually possible to have a healthy relationship with your device or will it always be fraught and will always need kind of like you know, binge and bust times where you're like, I'm now going to be using it, knowing it'll never be really that healthy. So I'm going to have times where I just stick it in a drawer and I don't use it for a week. Like, is it ever possible to get balance? because we're so wired for connection that this will always absorb us? So that's just a question for maybe later.
1: Well, let me introduce two characters into this narrative uh, who are very close to my heart. So I have two teenagers. <laughs> Now, I don't talk about them very often on the podcast, I don't think, uh, but I've got a 16-year-old son, Joel, and a 14-year-old daughter, Naomi, and they are both, in their own way, big consumers and users of technology. And interestingly, they use technology in very different ways. So my my son is much more about communication, short-form communication, Snapchat and WhatsApp and and other things like that and then he and then he posts. he creates content for things like tiktok and stuff like that which i don't understand at all and it's all workout videos it's all him working out in the gym i'm like is that i don't know why that's a thing it does make me feel small that i lose an arm wrestle to him. um but uh, <laughs> enough of that um but my daughter is a real scroller mm. so she will the way that she relaxes is by scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and i look at it and i i've had conversations that i remember i remember really clearly saying to her you've been looking at that for like an hour you need to get off and do something else and she's like yeah i know i know absolutely and then she just kept scrolling a bit longer and she and then about five minutes later i said you know we talked five minutes ago about you coming off the phone and she said i want to come off the phone but i can't she actually said that, which is incredibly yeah. intelligent yeah. uh, re- realisation. And, uh, and she'd just been sucked into it. So I think there's, we sh- although I agree with everything you said, Lana, I think we also need to be aware that the young people are actually potentially quite keen for us to show them a different way of engaging with technology. They just don't know how. And what we've done is given them complete unfiltered access mm. to the entire world of information and all the cat videos. <laughs> and we just expect them at 13... Mm or 12 or 11 when they get their first phone to just figure out how to make that work and how to set healthy it, limits for yeah. themselves.
2: This is this is I think this is at the heart of the issue. I think for me if I was to like boil down this whole conversation to like one key thing it's exactly that. Um I think it's Liz DeMain maybe who came up with or at least popularized the kind of understanding of language around um digital native, digital immigrant, digital tourist hmm. and um and I I think it's when I when I started to think about that and the idea that young people are these digital natives born in this world know the world speak the language, and that their parents their carers their guiders in this world um, are tourists at best. Um, no, sorry, are immigrants at best and tourists if not. Like um, it changed the way I perceive this whole thing, and I think is why I'm so passionate about. Anyone working with young people, anyone with a responsibility for young people like getting into this world because young people are navigating this whole, you know, third world as such, like unchaperoned. Mm -hmm. And it is crazy. I actually had a mentoring session with a young person a couple of months ago who told me that they were watching an anime series and when they were describing this anime series it sounded very adult and I was like oh like what rating is this and they were like oh I don't know and I was like oh like how do you how do you see it and they said that there's this like illegal website where you can watch anime and I was like oh I was like you know like I have no idea about this so I was just like trying to like understand yeah, yeah. and I was like oh I was like do you like is it open to anyone, or do you have to be a certain age? And she was like, Oh no, you're supposed to be 18, so you have to like tick a box saying that you're 18. And I was like, I this young person is 13. Yeah. And I, and I was like, is there stuff on there that's like way above your age? And they laughed, and then were like, Yeah, and there's loads of ads on the sidebar too. And I knew what she meant yeah, by that. Yeah, yeah. I know what she means. And I was like, did your mum not know? Like, mm. do your mum and dad like not know that you're on there? And she laughed and was like, no, like they have no idea. No. And I I just and that will be the case with so many young people like. Yes, yes. I cannot imagine what my childhood would have been like if I had Safari or Chrome whatever user you want to yeah. use in my palm at 10 years of age in my bedroom on my own and that's not just you know that obviously insinuates porn as soon as we say in my bedroom on my own like but it's not just porn it's 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 so many things out there that are just not appropriate and I I feel so passionately about it because I just think you know to to extend the metaphor of digital native, would you send your 10-year-old to a new country on their own with no support? Mm. No. Why? Because people could speak to them, they shouldn't speak to them, they can make bad decisions, they could get hurt. Mm. All of these Mm. things can happen online and yet we don't give them the guidance because we don't think they, either we don't think they need it or we don't understand it and so we're a bit embarrassed and we back off. Absolutely. I think for me, I just I want to see if there's like I don't know a calling card for all of us. It's that it's yes. let's try to hold their hand. If they may hate it, they may be embarrassed. They may say they don't want us there, but they would do that regardless. Yeah, <laughs> like they do that with anything. You're, you're absolutely so,
0: brilliant, Lana. And I and I think what your mentoring session has really revealed is is that for those young people that end up finding themselves in spaces online or seeing things if you if you think that your caregivers and the adults around you aren't really aware of this world and you don't know how that you don't know if what you've done is wrong or right you don't know quite why you've ended up here but what you've seen maybe you're feeling shame or you're traumatised by who the heck do you talk to so I think you're yeah. absolutely right that even if we don't understand the tech or understand quite how they found themselves in these spaces or quite understand how the algorithms. As work on one level Mm. that matters, like we need to gem up, um, but on another level, being physically proximate to young people and them knowing that you are unshockable, as in you will not reject them and shame them. So, I'm just thinking about the estate that I'm working on, and there's a little gang of girls that I'm supporting, and I don't support them all as one group, but because they are all good mates and because of things that have happened, I do support them as a group, but individually. But the way I've noticed that they will use social media is as a kind of way to operate this friendship in a different way so as individual groups of friends they would never speak to each other or they would very rarely speak to each other the way that they would do in social media so they shame each other they they put images up of each other they use the most horrendous language they tell each other to do the most horrendous things like you know no everyone hates you go off and do x y and z um and um, but but that is they use that for these friendships. So They're using this kind of global technology, but but as a very local thing. So as a youth worker, I sat with them thinking you're operating this this kind of really toxic version of your friendship way over here. And I'm helping you deal with the fallout where you can't actually be in the same room over here and they fit it feels like these two now I know it's not two worlds it's not two lives but it but in a way it feels it's two separate worlds how the heck do I bring it together so one of the things that we've been trying to do is is maximize you know being together in one space some very basic social skills in one space and I noticed the other day that three of them came to me and said we've had a conversation we've started a whatsapp group and we want you to be part of it. And I was like, no, I can't because I'm you know, an adult youth worker. I can't be on your, your WhatsApp group. But but they said, we've got a WhatsApp group as a way of trying to then talk together about what we're doing. Like, it was just utterly extraordinary. But I think it's because they, they found a little bunch of adults, me and a couple of the youth workers, that were like, we don't know where to begin with how you guys are operating online, other than to try and keep you safe, safeguarding-wise. But what we can do is mimic to you and model to you and help you here in this real time, be kind and be real you know, human beings in this space. And it's it's been a massive learning curve because we're not even talking now pornography or, you know, self-harming encouragement sites. We're not even talking about any of that stuff. We're talking about a group of young people struggling to be kind to each other who they call friends let alone all the other stuff stranger danger type stuff and that's that's blown my mind lana
2: and i think like i think that is what you'll find is that wherever you are whatever you know whatever spaces you're working with young people like there are going to be different issues if you're working uh with young people involved in county lines like you will be working around social potentially working around social media around that if you're working with young people who are struggling with eating disorders or self harm like if you're working with young people who are just addicted to like and I, I guess even less about like geographically and more individually like that one young person that i sat with and had that conversation with like that is what that's what's going on for them and I could sit with 12 different young people and yes there will be overarching themes but it's about proximity to the young people exactly as you say relationship with the young people and then being understand like trying to understand what is going on for them and not because I think when we treat it as you know overarching trends like you lose each young person in that you lose the way that it impacts them in that um and I, I think that that kind of relationship and understanding is what's most important. Um, I want
1: to, before we, before we, I mean, this conversation go on for a very long time. Um, one really practical question is how do you start to sort of teach young people about the, the idea of self-discipline? So how do you help young people to take responsibility for, Limiting and and, and saying this is a good amount of time for me to be online or watching Netflix or, you know, in a world with no stopping cues because these things have famously no stopping cues, how do you start to build some sort of healthy self-motivated practices around self-control, self-discipline? Of course, they sound very archaic terms, don't they? But you know what I'm getting at?
2: Can I? I don't have any children, I'm not a parent and I'm super aware that whenever I have this conversation I'm like, I'm, I'm not a parent and I'm not coming for parents like, <laughs> because I'm not one and I know it's so much easier to send done. Can I throw the question back to you? I know I'm supposed to be sharing. Brilliant. Can I throw the question back to you? As a parent how do you outside of tech, I'm not talking about mm. tech just other things, mm. how do you instill self-discipline and boundaries with your kids?
1: Well that's a great question. For me, for me it's about talking openly about the idea of limits it's about having boundaries and enforcing them which is really boring and painful and i think something that a lot of people really struggle with because it it feels like you're punishing your child over and over again by saying we've said the bedtime is this and it's going to be this the biggest kind of limits we've set that are stricter than most is around phones upstairs um you know computers in bedrooms things like that and again, it's it, obviously we want over time, you know, our oldest now obviously has his computer in his room, but, um, you know, he's now able to take his own responsibility for things. But it has started with years and years of saying, okay, I'm now going to be honest and put my phone in this box because it's nine o'clock or whatever. And so it's very dull, but it cons- it's all about consistency, isn't it? That's, that's how you model it over a long, yeah. long time.
0: My children are younger, so I'm a little bit naive because I I see I'm a youth worker. So I see coming up against against this in the future, but it's working at the moment. Um, But it is things like we just a few little family rules, like absolutely no phones at the table and not letting our children watch YouTube or films when we go out for a meal. I think one of my bugbears is if you're choosing a social interaction, don't let the kids have phones and opt out. And that's really hard. And I'm not shaming parents that do that because at the end of a frazzled day, you are going to go out for dinner with your family (laughs) and your kids are kicking off. But we try as a little... but, But what we say, what we've always done with our children, we have young people live with us on and off, is... That's a rule for all of us. So they are absolutely entitled to have a go at us if I pick up the phone and, and trying to encourage. So actually Daisy will be the first to say to a teenager, put your phone away. It's no phones at the table. So there's a bit of a culture of this is just a family vibe thing, a family rule. The other thing is the kind of the not non-stoppingness. So trying to help the children when, they, when an episode comes to an end of something they're watching to say, shout out, it's come to an end. It's this idea they've got to ask, not ask permission to watch the next episode, but almost that they have to acknowledge it's come to an end, because we want to kind of them not to kind of just in life think things are endless and you can't stop. Now, again, I have no idea how beneficial this'll be by the time they reach adolescence. I don't know, but I'm just hoping that some of these little kind of triggers. Means that it might help to have those conversations. I'm terrible on scrolling, and I'm a big Twitter lady, as everyone knows. I love I love Twitter. Not everyone um, knows no, that. No, no. Most people aren't on Twitter. <laughs> exactly. People my generation and older will know that. So, so, but my daughter, um, she will regularly say, "Mummy, your phone down." And so we kind of had this regular thing where, at the end of the day, I'll say to her, "Was I using the phone when I should have been listening to you?" So I'm, I'm tr- so we're trying to do this in a way that I'm modelling. I don't always get this right. And I, and I love what you said about just simply saying, I'm, I'm sat with you, young person I'm mentoring. So my phone is going in my bag. And things like, I'm not even going to use it to check the time. I'll use something else to check the time. Because the moment I pick my phone up, yeah. I feel them go, she doesn't care anymore about me. Yeah. So I think if we could model these things. But again, what do I know? These are, these are children still. Teenagers. I, I just <laughs> want
1: to throw in one caveat. Which is because I made I made it sound like I was really good at parenting for a second there, and I just want to say because this is the caveat episode, today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by the word caveat. Um, Absolutely. Uh, I have made some of my worst my some of my worst moments in parenting, where I've lost my temper with um, with my kids, has been around phones and my inability to enter into their social um cues like you were talking about lana so so you know this thing of of leaving snaps on open right apparently leaving it mm-hmm. th- i don't even understand what this is but leaving a, a message opened but not replied to is like a cardinal social <laughs> sin right and i'm just like right it's nine it's 9 30 we've said you're coming off your phone put your phone on charge that's it, and like, but I've left I've left messages unopened. I'm like, it, and that's where I lose it. And you've made me actually think today, yeah. Lana, that that's really unfair of me because I've not understood the way down, that yeah. they communicate yeah. and the and the way that the rules really of the new kind of social yeah. etiquette.
0: I had I had one last little question, and I I would like to know, like, what. How, how does the gospel intersect with this? Like, we're thinking recently, like the birth of the church, the New Testament, you know, the, the church exploded, you know, um, at a time when the Roman Empire was launching new innovations in, in messaging, the post, you know, the Roman Postal Service. And, and so, as the new church was growing, Paul and others are writing their letters, and they are carrying the letters, not via postal system, but actual people like Phoebe and Timothy carry the letter to these churches in these far flung places. So they're using the technology of the day writing scrolls but they're carrying it also as a person the deep relational stuff mattered phoebe carries a letter to the church and i just wonder if if in all of this and i'd love to see a couple of thoughts of you like a, as we sit with young people and journey with them and try and help them get a handle and try and ourselves get a handle on this crazy medium of social technology and all this stuff like how, how important is it how important are our interpersonal relationships to be ones that carry the message of Jesus as well as sort of helping this stuff like what have been your reflections on that how do we operate in this world
2: yeah it's a, uh, great question I think you know I'm a, a theist an avid um believer in the theology of like Imago Dei we are we are the message like our existence our stories our personhood is the message like we are made in the image and likeness of God and so it is it is our relationships with one another that are transformative it is our example it is our love and our kindness that shows people who God is um you know Which I always feel like I need to justify. I don't because it sounds a bit wishy-washy to some people because they're like, where's the Bible? Where's the scripture? And I'm like, yeah, but like, show somebody giving someone scripture without love and show me how that works. It doesn't. Like, if we're going to introduce scripture, if we're going to introduce Jesus as a person alive today and historic, we need to... We need to bring that with who we are. Um, and in my experience of youth work, I don't know if it's a generational thing. I don't know if it's always been this way, but I think that the the biggest transformation spiritually that I've seen in young people has come through relationship. And so I guess the way that like social media interacts with that is our ability to connect with people, but also not letting social media uh change the depth in which we connect with people because I think it's depth that does the amazing work Mm. and so I think the opportunity we have and we're going to talk in you know innovation terms the opportunity we have is like to connect with people in a way we have never ever been able to historically across seas across um across different contexts across different brackets that we wouldn't never you know we wouldn't step out of obviously safe um we we have the ability to connect with people we have the ability to connect with people who we have something in common with um but also like it's not letting social media stop us from connecting beyond a couple of millimeters deep and young people do that best i will say i think we often ha- hold the language as older folk of online friends and in real life friends or your friends on social media, but then you're real friends. And they do not see that because I think they have an ability. I don't know whether it is that they are able to do deep relationships online or whether that just, they. I don't know whether there's a, again, there's a mistranslation there in what we mean by depth and what they mean by depth. But what I will say is that they manage to hold a lot deeper friendships online than I think we do because I think we see such a stark difference Um, But I I think for me, that is where the kingdom bringing gold is in social media is relationship, and the way that social media can help us do that. Um, Like for us at youth group, um, we have a WhatsApp group with a couple of leaders on it, and um, and it serves as our little like community. And young people will come along to youth group. You don't get added onto it unless you want to be, unless you ask to be, Um, and uh, we have young people bring their friends along to youth, um, and then ask, can they, can they be added to the WhatsApp group? And i we don't do anything special in the WhatsApp group, like literally nothing. We just chat. We just, uh, like see how each other is doing between youth events. But the community on that group clearly must be doing something because they will ask on behalf of their friends, they're like, Jaden has asked if he can be added to the WhatsApp group. And I'm like, yeah, of course. And so we always do this thing where I wait until an optimum moment in the day um, when like they're not in school and when it's not too late and I'll add them. And I'm always like, everybody welcome, Jayden. And then everybody on the WhatsApp group will be like, woo, welcome. (laughs) And it's so sweet and so wonderful. But clearly there is something about social media that can bring people in, can make people feel part of a community that can connect with people. Um maybe in a way that feels easier than in person. I have, I work with so many anxious young people. I would say half of my group at the moment has anxiety, like not just like feels anxious, but has anxiety. And I would say a handful of those have, are on a care plan for their anxiety. Um, and I think, you know, for some of those young people, social media is a much easier way of building relationship than in person. Um, I've talked long enough. But that Lana,
1: was, yeah. I, I love that you've ended on a positive note there. I love that we we got a little bit uh, there just, just at the end. You started to talk about what it might mean for young people actually to be the pioneers of mission because uh, yeah. they understand this territory far better than us. So So actually... If we can start to think and talk intelligently with young people about this stuff, there's amazing opportunities for them to reach their peers, for them to uh, show us how actually we can answer Rachel's question. Mm. Um, and also, I love the fact that you inclusively referred to you, me and Rachel Gardner as older <laughs> oh, folk. folks. older folks, yeah. Older folk. We, we, right over here, we've embraced that. We are older folk. We are. Lana, come on. Right, (laughs) Lana, Lana's going now. Thank you. Love you, get
0: better, get better, get better, get better. Thank
2: you. Bye. Bye.
1: was uh, a wide-ranging and, and lovely conversation
0: I love that that was brilliant so. and you, we could have asked us so much more and I think I know but Dave thing, was he? going a bit crazy he was going crazy and he was but saying it,
1: we've already gone to 40 minutes
0: but I guess actually if we got on the phone to any youth worker that listens to this and yeah. asked them, I think we'd all have so much to say yeah. because we because we're working with young people and this is their world this is what we're dealing with too
1: that's it so just before we go uh just time to talk about something uh, which is coming up uh, an amazing uh, initiative that youthscape have been uh, involved in over the last couple of years now you will have heard about it for the last two or three years youthscape essentials you've been a bit involved oh, in this as well haven't yes you? i have and uh, youthscape essentials is a training course for youth work volunteers uh, and it's starting to it's been being developed it's really really robust very and really good. thought yes. through yeah. and it's been developed over a number of years a number of pilots and there's now some opportunities to actually do that training yourself or you can um actually run it you can become a trainer train to be the trainer and then run it in your um the context so it's 10 weeks I think
0: yes it's 10 weeks each episode each episode, episode. each session looks at three different things so a skill around youth ministry um, uh, it's character building aspect and something about youth culture insight isn't it into, into the world of young people so these are kind of like key headline ideas and absolutely ideal for people who maybe have been doing a bit of youth work volunteering in your church for a little while but they would love to kind of have a shape of why they do what they do so sort of very basic basic entry level but really good stuff or it's a great way to draw in folks that have shown a bit of an interest old folks that have shown a bit of an interest you say come and do this course and catch the bug for this because i dare anyone to go through youthscape essentials and not come out the end thinking this is probably one of the most important things i could do with my life yes it's get alongside yes, them people yes absolutely
1: and and we need to continue to envision yes. and raise up volunteers all across the nation so some very practical things you can find out all the details on the Youthscape website youthscape.co.uk um, but in uh, uh, from the 27th of September there's a new course starting so there's a cohort starting on 27th of September um, that's on Tuesday nights or if you can wait a little bit longer Wednesday nights starting 17th of January so these are
0: online aren't 2023, they these
1: 2023 the ones online, yeah. all online uh, there's going to be training happening all over the place as well as pe- yeah. as more and more people get trained and if you want to train to become a host you want to be trained to do usescape essentials in your location on the 21st of September online uh, from 10am to 12pm you can learn how to do that so fantastic uh, it's coming north it's exciting we've got a little
0: team up in lancashire Could change the world, yeah so exciting
1: that's it for yeah. another edition, a an excellent edition Ooh, of the Escape Podcast. Yes, um, thanks to Lana for all her yes. contributions and for calling us
0: older folk.